Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 24, The Nature of Nurture. Mary, what happened this week? Noah supports Donna's physical and professional recovery by limiting her espresso intake and funding her launch back into the fashion world with and without her knowledge. Kelly is furious that she doesn't get to keep that baby she found, even more so when she finds out that a gay couple who have been waiting years for the opportunity to adopt are granted foster parenthood. Kelly firmly believes that that baby needs a mother, and if it can't be her, it has to be Jessica Alba. Don't worry about the fact that Jessica Alba is a 16-year-old who is very not ready to be a mother. Until she reads Brandon's article about the foster parents, Jean and Kyle, and decides she doesn't want her son to be raised gay. Kelly realizes she's not homophobic, just selfish, and makes sure baby Raphael slash Eric will be raised in a loving home. Brandon is nominated for an award for Best Investigative Report, but what does that matter when the Beverly Beat might close due to a lack of advertisers? Steve agrees to print cigarette ads, but Brandon won't write slash edit for a paper who stoops to doing such a thing. Brandon doesn't win an award, but at the end of the ceremony, Steve presents him with a super secret end of the show award, and they agree to keep working together. Also, Steve keeps seeing Jill and pretending to be Ted and doesn't come clean until she's ready to bang. But he's pretty sure he loves her, so he'll do anything to see her happy, including finding the real Ted. Val's mom comes to visit, presumably to support her daughter, and ends up meeting and dating Kelly's dad, who's out of prison now. Also, she and David get a new neighbor who plays guitar really loud and reminds David that he actually likes playing music. I loved that. Okay, so there's like a first scene where Donna admits that she still doesn't have a job and Mm -hmm. Noah ate his food already. Like he had time to order and eat his food when she was only 10 minutes late. So like my first comment is worst boyfriend ever. My more (laughs) important comment is that the next scene when Kelly finds out that she is not an approved foster parent and she says, but I found him. (laughs) Literally last week, Mary was just like, I believe it's finders keepers. Like, (laughs) it happened. It really happened. And I didn't think it was gonna. I didn't even write that down. But that is hilarious. But I found him. (laughs) And she was probably like, so earnest about it too, right? Like, she was like, but I just imagine he he wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for me just looking outside as I was locking up in a box. I literally put in quotes, so I think it's real, but I found him, but I saved his life. (laughs) Come on. Oh, God. I was dying that she thinks that she can just walk in. And Pam is just like, do you know how long paperwork takes? Like, no. Right? And like, also, Pam is just like, that is literally not how being a parent works. You don't just find a baby and become its parent. It's just, yeah, like, first of all, the fact that we got Pam for a second episode in a row when I'm pretty sure we, several episodes ago, mentioned Pam. We're like, where's Pam? We need Pam. (laughs) I just, I love it. I love that Pam has come back because it's convenient. I hope she does it again. I hope Pam Mm -hmm. is like a journeyman through Mm -hmm. the L.A. public system where she's already worked with, like, 
you know, the teenagers, now she's on babies. Next, we're going to get old people. Like, yes. we're just going to see Pam through every stage of life. Oh, my God. I need Pam to be around for, like, a – not that I want this to happen, like, it, like to this person, but, like, we need her to be an advocate for, like, nursing home abuse next. It would have been so good if we had been introduced to her with Dr. Martin, and then the next time we see her is for Dylan's sister, and then the next time we see her is for baby Raphael slash Eric. Like, literally, she just so keeps showing up. Yes. But the whole reason she's even here is because, like, you know, obviously last episode we left off with Kelly saying she wants that baby. And so she's actually kind of trying to go through the process of, like, getting custody and foster the baby. But mm-hmm. instead, she's not going to be able to just because she found him. And another couple is who has been on a waiting list to foster slash adopt a kid for a long time. I forget how long. I think they said like two years or something. That sounds right. I think they definitely said years. Yeah. And so like one of the foster parents walks in. His name is Kyle. They thank Kelly. He thanks Kelly for like finding the baby and making sure that it can get a home. Mm-hmm. Um but then, of course, like, boom, like, big drop when the other parent walks in and it's another guy and this is a gay couple. Um, I love that they named him Raphael because mm-hmm. not only is he an angel, like Brandon points out, that is not where my mind went. I went to Ninja Turtle and the sculpture. <laughs> I have very bad brain rot. And so my brain first went to Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> So my brain went to Raphael Solano. Oh, and Jane the as Virgin. it should. Right. As oh, it should. I made a few Jane the Virgin references throughout this episode <laughs> in my brain, and I really think it's because we just finished watching the show again, mm-hmm. and it's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. And it's, it's worth noting that, you know, when – Kyle and Jean show up. Kelly is not okay with the idea yeah. of foster parents applying for custody. And at this point, you know, you can kind of see that she's literally sitting here. The last thing she said, I think, was, I want that baby. I found that baby. It should be my baby. So mm-hmm. other people getting to apply for custody while she's still trying to even get into the system, you can kind of see that's where she's coming from. But then yeah. the the conversation quickly turns to the fact that Kyle and Jean – are a gay couple, and Brandon says he wants to write about their journey in the paper, which I love. That's actually a really good idea. I think that's, Mm -hmm. you know, not Brandon writing about his self-important best friends. That's him writing about people that have actually done things. Yeah. And then, you know, they agree with it. They're like, that would be amazing. That could be so helpful for other people. You know, they had to be convinced that we could nurture a child, at which point Kelly goes, can you? And you go, oh, no. Yeah, Kelly, exactly. what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. We're like, no, no, no. Please don't. Don't go where we think you're going. And it's, it's terrible and terrifying. It is so awkward. It is so awkward. I think they cut to Pam just like sitting there being like, I approved them to take this baby. What are you doing? Right. right. And like I think even Brandon, as soon as she says, can, can you – Brand, it almost looked like a slow-mo turn of Brandon just, like, looking at Kelly, like, just mouth agape. Like, what did you just say? And, of course, I think it was Kyle who said it. He just has the ultimate mic drop moment 
where he says, we've had to answer questions like that for years. Now we have Raphael. We don't have to anymore. And I'm just like, yes. Yes. Oh, it was so good because she's trying to be so self-righteous and being like, you haven't answered my question of how you're going to raise them. And he's just like, I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to. Oh, brilliant. It was so good. Like that was not worth what's going on with Kelly because it ends up being for nothing later. But like I loved – I really loved Kyle and Jean. Like I know they were just supposed to be loving parents holding a baby this entire time. And so – Part of that is like, look at cute baby in my arms. You can't help but see a family, but I loved them. Yep. I just love, like, Kelly is just like, can you raise them? And they're like, we came to thank you. Yeah, what right? are you like, doing? Why are you attacking me? Like, <laughs> and <laughs> we cut to credits. We get, you know, all of the intro stuff. Jessica Alba is going to be in a second episode. So we know that yep. Kelly is once again, not going to drop this. Yep. And we're at the Beverly beat and it's kind of cute because Janet's like, well, I didn't know gays adopting was so controversial. Like I just like Janet. She's just right. chill. Right. She wants to get bagels. She doesn't think anybody needs to be in anybody else's business. Like this is what I'm talking about. Like they have given slowly been giving Janet a few more lines each episode. And like, Mm -hmm. I know because I've seen the show before that Janet becomes a huge part of this show. I didn't think it was going to take this long, but I'm like, okay, finally, like give this woman some more screen time, give her some more lines because Lindsay Price deserves it. And she like, I know where she goes. Yeah. I thought like, in this scene, when Steve mentions wanting to bring Janet to the Small Journalists Association lunch thing on Friday, mm-hmm. like he's like, oh, because I can't take Jill because I'm Ted. But I was like, mm-hmm. no, this is how we get Janet more into things. She's going to start going to events outside of work with them, which is yes. her first mistake. <laughs> Actually, I would say her first mistake is not thinking there's a problem when Steve tells her to only pick up enough bagels to feed us in this exact moment and that Brandon doesn't realize that they're reusing paper. Right. Well, and this is how scarred I am by Steve at this point. When he made the comment about, and please only get enough bagels for the three of us this time, I was like, Steve, shut up. Like, literally, in my notes, I was like, shut up, because I assumed he was being a jerk to Janet mm-hmm. for no reason and, like, patronizing her. But then, yeah, it's because they have money problems, not because he was being a jerk. That's how scarred I am. I immediately assume Steve is just being a jerk. <laughs> but at the same time, like, isn't that really kind of crummy to not tell your manager that there's all these money problems coming? Like, presumably, oh, yeah. she's the one that actually pays the bills. Like, I right. don't believe that Steve does anything. Right. Right. And I also kind of feel a little concerned that Brandon had no idea about this money trouble, quote unquote, because I remember a couple of episodes ago when he made the comment about the large pile of bills at the newspaper and Val was just like, oh, well, I guess that's just my trial. Like, it's her fault. Right. I remember that. Like, he should know. He should be involved in this. And this whole fight about taking out cigarette ads because they won't make it another issue is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've waited this long to identify that you only have one more issue. And the only way you could make that up is because uh, like ad revenue, ad revenue is seasonal. No, it's not. And 
the only the only possible ad that isn't seasonal that you could take is a cigarette. Like, miss me with that. I'm in advertising. <laughs> what season are they talking about? That is so seasonal. Like, I have no idea what day it is. You know what I mean? Like, I know airtime wise, we're like in the spring, and I'm like, that's the that's one of the best times to advertise is in the spring. Um, I don't know. I just feel uniquely like qualified <laughs> for this for the first time ever. And so I'm like, there's so many things wrong with this. <laughs> it's like when Jim yeah. was an accountant, you know was, what he was talking about. <laughs> I was literally about to say, like, I have been so blessed by this show because there's been an accountant since day one. <laughs> I've never had to worry about this. And also, like, yeah, I understand the moral issue of like, like Brandon's take on it is very valid. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's totally, like, it's the whole reason why CVS as a pharmacy does not sell cigarettes because they're mm-hmm. like, we're a pharmacy. We don't want to sell a product that, like, actively kills people, right? Or has been linked to, you know, cancer for decades, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's extremely admirable. Um, but I just find it hard to believe that that is literally the only ad revenue that they could possibly have so it's like they're trying to say steve is trying to say we can't afford you taking a moral stance when in reality it's like okay but that's one thing literally like retail automotive it's just try harder go find more like uncover new audiences like that's it's so like steve just doesn't want to work and i hate sounding like that but no but that's what i'm convinced of is that like we have seen multiple times where they just leave and Janet or Terry has to do all of the work. And then when he's mm-hmm. like, uh, well, this is right in front of me. I'm going to go with it. Because it's literally yeah. like the – I think the only time Steve and Brandon interact in this episode up until the luncheon on Friday is to argue about this thing, about yeah. the cigarette ads. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. But we have to set up what everybody else is doing in this scene because Val and David are at the airport walking straight up to the gate. Always going to confuse me. <laughs> yeah. But there's a flight from Buffalo because apparently they told Val's mom what happened to her. And it shouldn't be funny to say that, like, they told her mom that she had to take someone to trial for sexual assault. But it's so funny to me how she reacts to her mother showing up the second. Abby gets off that plane. Val just starts snapping at everyone. Yep. And I also love as soon as Abby gets off the plane, David goes to take her bag and she's just like, uh-huh. okay. Right? Here you go. I just like, I find the whole Abby Val stuff so interesting because, like, you know, obviously we had those big conversations, I guess, last season. I think, I think so. Was. Yeah. And. I guess I just – it makes more sense to me that Val doesn't have a relationship at all with her mother. Mm -hmm. And so when they're trying to insert her back into this, I just kind of find myself like I don't care, you know? So, yeah, I have – we'll get to the Abby stuff when Bill shows up because I really only want to talk about them together. Like, I agree. I don't – I don't care about seeing Abby with Val. The whole point of this is to cause discomfort later. Yeah. But. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So Abby's here. David's trying to play nice. Val's pissed off. 
Donna has created an entire design studio in her apartment because she has a three-bedroom apartment pretty much by, by herself. herself. Yeah. <laughs> and basically Noah's giving her money. He is setting yep. her up so that, you know, he'll front her the money so that she can create her own designs and then he'll go with her to sell things. And Donna is rightfully nervous about accepting money from him. Mm -hmm. But I think we've all learned that Noah doesn't take no for an answer right? when it comes to his money. He just loves to give his money out. Like, this is his love language is giving gifts, but giving gifts is literally handing you a lot of cash. Yeah. Well, and I think think it's so interesting here, though, because it shows that Noah, like – kind of falls back on it, right? Like he he has not figured out how to show people that he cares about them without mm-hmm. money, you know? Like I just thought of Lena Luther. Like she's got all this money, but yet she and even though she does like throw her money at stuff, it's in the form of stuff, you know? Like she mm-hmm. buys a whole company for her supposed best friend. Anyway, and but she kind of like uses it differently where she uses her money for actual things. Whereas Noah is struggling to find out or struggling to like show his affection or his help or whatever without just a check. Mm -hmm. So I find it kind of an interesting like character point for him. I think that is interesting. And I do feel like, um, I guess anecdotally, I have noticed that like women will, give things or give experiences or like actually like they will go buy the thing to give it to you and then like when guys don't know what to do that's when you get the gift card right right or the um like the provider trope you know like Mm -hmm. the the guy will want to seem like he's doing this to provide whereas the woman the female trope is more like let me do this to nurture it's a, it's a caregiver. Yeah, right. It's mm. it's so interesting and such a stereotype, but it like it feels true. It does. That's the thing is like it feels like a stereotype, but the fact that we can bring up multiple examples of yeah. it kind of like it's it's a circular thing, but right. <laughs> but then we have to go to the clinic where I wrote quite a few expletives because I do not understand why Kelly thinks that she has any right to call Pam and harass her with these questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I I didn't actually write down what Kelly said to Pam because I was too busy being like, oh, she just thinks she's so self-righteous and that she has the right idea here when Pam is the consummate professional who has been doing this for only two months, but that's two months longer than Kelly has been even looking at it. And she's being so self-righteous to your point because she's standing up on this pedestal claiming traditional family, right? Like she doesn't Mm -hmm. use the phrase, but that's essentially what her standpoint is, is she's saying like, you know, this child needs a mother and a father. Mm -hmm. Now, what we'll learn later is it actually has nothing to do with the fact that this couple is gay, it's more that there's no woman in the picture and mm-hmm. specifically her in the picture. But at the time, it feels so gross and oh, icky yeah. because it like of, of especially where we are in 2023. Mm-hmm. That's like 
it goes on for so long that like Kelly needs that mirror put in front of her and I was just so yeah. upset the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I guess when she hangs up, her dad walks into the clinic and he he says he didn't call because he didn't want to give her the ability to say no, which like kind of rubs me the wrong way, but the whole point is to say that he was reading her letters talking about second chances. He would like his and she's willing to give it to him. So like I can get past the part that I don't like where he's like, well, I didn't call because yeah. I don't want you to say no. Like that's not how you right. handle things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He just wanted to avoid a certain conflict <laughs> to then enter into another conflict. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we get a very stupid scene where Steve is pretending to be Ted really badly. I don't care. Yeah, I think the only thing I have to point out here is, like, Steve is so clearly going to get caught if he doesn't speak up. And mm -hmm. that is classic Steve Sanders plot line. And I'm not starting to because we've said this for a long time now. But it's like, can we please give Steve literally anything else? Yeah, I'm, I'm over it. I've accepted it. I'm over it. I don't even want to talk about it. The Steve part. I would love to know more about Ted because yeah, apparently Ted's brother was in a wheelchair and <laughs> Ted's sister-in-law committed a crime of passion. Right. But like maybe they can get back together or something. <laughs> like, And he has a home office in 1998. What do you do that allows you to work from home? <laughs> I want to know everything about Ted. I understand why Jill's in love with Ted. And I hope when we meet Ted, like he also looks like Brad Pitt. Ooh, yeah. Or even just like not even like Brad Pitt, but like Ted from um, Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Like I just want this guy to be hot. Yeah. I, he's hot. He's interesting. He writes beautiful letters. He's done enough to get into Jill's head that she came to see him. Like <laughs> that's what I want out of this story. I don't give a anything about what Steve is up to. Me neither. And then, yeah, we get the part where David's neighbor plays really loud music and David recognizes the music he's playing and he's like, oh, I'm going to go say hi and be neighborly. And then it turns out that the the music, like the guy who lives there is the guy who made the music. And right. so David is like really starstruck by what's happened. But he gave up music, so it's totally different. He's not going to do music anymore. Just, I don't, this B and Z plot, man. And it's not anything new. This David does this all the time. He quits music. He gets upset. He can't even touch it because he needs to take distance from it. And then yeah. something happens and he sits down at his keyboard and he's better. Like, mm -hmm. and I'm glad for him. I'm glad that he gets to feel better about this. But we've done this before. So like. Right. I feel like the only reason it gets any airtime is because Val wasn't here the last time he gave up music. Mm. So he gets to play it all over again. No, it's a good point. We get another scene where Brandon just like yells at a cigarette advertiser. He's like, we're not <laughs> yeah. doing this. You kill people. Well, but and like apparently Steve had signed off on it behind Brandon's back, which like I don't know how to feel about that because if that's Steve's responsibility, it's not really behind Brandon's back unless it happened after they had the conversation about like them being on different sides of allowing the cigarette advertiser to be in the paper. Then it's yeah. like, okay, I've got a problem with that. But I'm like, 
if that's his job, that's his job. That's the thing. Like, we got to talk about the responsibilities here because if Brandon is mm-hmm. going to be so completely not involved in the financials, then he doesn't really get to dictate this, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. if he wants yeah. to be involved, like, I think we have to, you know, just understand who has responsibility over what. And mm-hmm. he kind of asks Kelly about that. He's like, if the business is going to fold, what should we do? Should we run mm-hmm. the ads? Mm-hmm. And I – it just drives me nuts that she's like, I think you should do what you think is right because I know why she said that, but I just want someone to give an answer. Like I I have analysis paralysis and I cannot answer questions. I cannot pick a place to eat if I'm scrolling an Uber Eats. <laughs> it's bad. So when she's like, I think you should do what's right, I was like, no, Kelly, just tell me what's yeah. right. Right. Well, and 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 like – I sometimes get caught up in that too because I'm like, well, no, I understand that that's like you think I should do what's right, but I need you to tell me your actual opinion on this. I need perspective, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that kind of spirals into conversation about the the baby and everything. And like, essentially, Brandon says, like, I think you trying to get custody of the kid is wrong. Like, I, but then it kind of tailspins into a whole like, personal thing where Brandon's like mm-hmm. I'm not ready to be a dad and you didn't even ask me I think this would ruin our relationship you needed my permission I'm like whoa okay hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> yeah I mean the I'm not ready to be a father and I really worry about this how this would hurt our relationship yeah would have been fine that's not what he said yes. Yes. and then he says you need my permission and I was just like red flags you were just throwing red flags everywhere yep yeah, because, like, it's totally, absolutely, 1,000% fair for Brandon to not be ready and to have him have concerns and fears of what this would do to their relationship. However, mm-hmm. Kelly can have a kid and not have Brandon. Like, those two are not necessarily linked, which is what we established the previous episode when Kelly was like, I'm ready to have a kid. I'm mm-hmm. ready to be a mom. She didn't ask Brandon if he was ready because it didn't involve him. She was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this whether you're here or not. Then which it's up also, to you if you want to be involved. Which should also say a lot about your relationship, Brandon, that Kelly is choosing a baby that she has known for like a day over you. Yep. Yep. Which, to be fair, I have not been on the on on the Brelly train. Wait, is that their name? Yeah. Yes. Brelly train. Since they got back together. So I'm like, yeah, like you said, red flags just everywhere, littering, littering the ground. I'm not all in on this relationship. I'm not all in. I mean, they keep going up and down and trying to blame outside sources. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah. So they start this fight that is like Brandon is just pissed at everybody, basically. Steve, yeah. Kelly, his whole situation. Right. Mean. Meanwhile... Noah giving Donna money has made her so excited to make designs. She's already doing all of this stuff. And Noah's just standing there in a bathrobe the whole time. And it was very fun for me that he was just Mm -hmm. standing there. But she tries to tell him that if they're going to work together, they need to be open and honest with each other. He has to tell her how he feels about things. If her designs are just terrible, he needs to say something, which like he doesn't know fashion. Please don't trust his decisions. Yeah. 
And he says, like, he wants to work with her as long as she's working on her recovery. And it's just very interesting to see these two trying to, like, lay ground rules together when yes. you have how Brandon and Steve started getting into business. And they're just, like, really not mixing business and pleasure well. Right. Well, and it's, like, and it's a parallel with what we just saw with Brandon and Kelly not mm-hmm. having clear communication and listening and talking and setting boundaries. Like I am I loved that Donna was like, I need to let you in on these real concerns that I have. It's not me saying no. I just want to make sure we address these before moving forward. Also, I would like to set some boundaries so that we can completely separate work and personal. That was beautiful and so healthy. And it w- it continued to be that way until we then saw Noah not know how to handle the business side of it. Oh, my gosh. I was really upset with Noah. Well, because at first, like you said, like he doesn't want this to interfere with her rehab. Like, that's wonderful. And I think, great. I love that Noah is making sure that Donna is healthy first. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a side of Noah we haven't really seen because obviously the last several episodes, like, it was all messy. But Mm -hmm. that was wonderful. But then it goes back to what I was talking about when I was saying, like, he doesn't know how to really handle his money. And he doesn't really know what to do with the fact that he has this money and he has this opportunity. And so Mm -hmm. when we get through the rest of the episode, we kind of see that actually, like, come out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but we are not there yet. So much happens. Everybody is incredibly busy this week. Um, I am I'm gonna skip more because the next scene is David and Woody Sloan, his neighbor, and it's the same yeah. thing. Like we keep hearing Woody play, and Val asks how Woody can keep playing if David can't. Like it's just right. the same thing over and over again. Right, and they just kind of get huffy talking to each other, like. David gets mm-hmm. huffy with Val because like he she thinks he should go talk to him you know because maybe that he can they can relate right and da- and Val gets huffy with David because he like makes a comment about Val not being able to let Abby in like all this kind of stuff so it's just kind of conflict yeah and then we get back to Brandon and Steve who are yelling at each other about money issues because Steve is like, you can't pass moral judgment on advertisers. We need their money. And Brandon decides to basically be like, it's not about moral judgment unless you're talking about you lying to Jill. Which, fair. Because yeah. he's like, I'm going to I'm gonna tell her. And Brandon's like, before or after you sleep with her? Oh, God. Like, that's just uncomfortable. Like, that's not yeah. even a funny joke. I don't – Right. The idea that this show got so close to that, like that they were using that as the line kind of upset me. Yeah. Um, And then the only other thing that happens is the cigarette advertiser calls back again and Ian Ziering has some very bad phone acting. No pauses. (laughs) Not even a little bit. (laughs) Uh, Danielle Ryder and Will would call that facting. (laughs) I did write Steve has very bad facting, but then I didn't know if. Everyone has the same personal taste that we have and listens to all the same podcasts so that they can get the inside jokes that we've <laughs> stolen from other podcasts into this one. God, we could have a whole podcast about inside jokes from other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's really sad. Yeah. John has started listening to a podcast that I listen to and now we have inside jokes from a podcast. It's like, we are embarrassing. This is an embarrassing <laughs> couple thing that we're doing. Amazing. 
Like, oh. it's cute when you and I do it and we just, like, gush about somebody else. But then when John starts going, like, saying our inside jokes, I'm like, oh, no. We're that oh, couple. No. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, like, last night when I had to go around and tell everybody why we were so interested in the Iowa-Purdue game because we had <laughs> <laughs> sports bet on it. <laughs> That's at least cool. I listened to no, an advice podcast not. by two comedians. Hey, I started that podcast and Nate loved it. So It's so funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's very funny. Oh, gosh. But anyway, um, so, okay. This next scene that we get is we're back with Val because Val's – okay, so Val is back working at the pee pad, I guess. She's officially come back. Mm-hmm. And – her mom is there with her, like, waiting for Noah to show up so that she can give him a piece of her mind, which is, like, okay, I get it. But, like, if we're going to try and move past these things, like, you can't be doing that. Yes. Yes. But then when Kelly's dad walked in and Val gets really pissed that he's there and he has to be like, oh, remember when I didn't steal $200,000 uh-huh. from you? Uh-huh. Like, I forgot that he was in any way involved in that, which was literally which, only like- his name. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, he wasn't, but Val associates the two, so. Yeah, but it just, like, that didn't land for me when she was just like, what are you doing here? I was like, yeah. you know him? Like, yeah, yeah. it it took me it a minute so to remember yeah. that Val had daddy issues last semester or last <laughs> season. But this is where you see this whole Bill and Abby thing heating up because Abby is a terrible mother and despite the fact that Val just was like hating on Bill and looked so upset that he was there Bill is like well I'll give you my side of the story over a drink Jeez, that's really gross to me like it's really gross that Abby is just like I believe him like okay fine he didn't do anything but that's not the point like it's no wonder Val and Abby have a bad relationship (laughs) right and you have to assume that, like, Abby is staying at a hotel and that she is not welcome in the Walsh house very often. Yeah. It just jumps around so much because Ted Steve, Steve Ted. Um, <laughs> Stan. It just, I just feel so bad. Jill is not picking up what's happening because Steve took her to a steak restaurant and then ate meat, even though Ted's a vegetarian. And she's like, Ha ha ha, I'm so glad you just ate meat anyway so that I wouldn't be uncomfortable. Yeah, like what? That's I hate not how vegetarians make... work. Exactly. And I really can't stand when they, anybody, make guest star, like female guest stars stupid. It was so bad. She's like saying all this stuff. She invites him in. She says, I've never wanted to say a man's name in bed before but i want to say your name ted 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 god so and that finally gets steve and he finally leaves but he still doesn't tell her the truth exactly like god steve is just a complete degenerate i can't with him anymore yeah like that's the biggest one i wanted to talk about because imagine jill after he leaves that room like this poor woman right And then you've got that – okay, Brandon's article came out in the Beverly Beat, the presumed last issue ever if they don't uh, sign cigarette advertisers. Mm -hmm. 
And it's, the article is called Nature Versus Nurture, and Kelly is just convinced again. She's like, if this baby – this baby needs a maternal figure in her life. And I love that Brandon's like, okay, well, what if it was lesbians with this yeah. baby and not two gay men? And she will not answer the question because she knows that that's not the point. Right, exactly. And I'm – and I think that was – like, not only was it important, was it important for – Brandon to make the point to Kelly I think it was equally as important for the writers to make the distinction distinction to the audience like Mm -hmm. I think that was very very important because again like we talked about earlier it's kind of a fine line between kind of where we are now I know but like making Kelly homophobic or just selfish like Mary said in the Mm -hmm. synopsis and so I'm really glad that they added that distinction because I, I just think that we needed that for so many reasons. So many reasons. I mean, I was not kind to Kelly in my notes up until mm-hmm. this moment. And then this is right. about when I started realizing it because, like, the writers are literally putting it on a platter in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay. I'm starting to pick it up. And then, and then Leanne walks in. She wants her baby, which she has named Eric. Because, because, and we're just going to skip right ahead here because, okay, actually, we don't even have to skip. I can just talk about it. Donna and Noah got shut down a lot and it affects them differently. Mm -hmm. This is not seen, but I don't care. Yep. Anyway. Kelly is so happy that Leanne wants her son back, but we find out pretty immediately that Leanne read the Beverly Beat, Mm -hmm. knew that this was her baby in the article, and says, why can't – I don't want him being raised by a a couple of queers. Oh, my lord. And, like, this is when the writers put it on the platter for Kelly because you can see in her face she's like, you're not made gay, you're born gay. Yeah. Again, she hears it. She hears it now. Yeah. And again, like, they needed to say that both for Kelly and for us. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. had to be very clear what side of the fence they stand on. And I'm glad they did it, both for Kelly and for me. Yes. I'm very glad that it happened because she finally figures it out. And this is when I think Kelly realizes everything that's been going on because, mm-hmm. like, Leanne kind of thinks Kelly is on her side because that's what it has appeared to be so far. And she's like, well, if it was your baby, you wouldn't let them raise it, right? And Kelly tries to deflect of like, well, I wouldn't abandon my baby. And Leanne's like, okay, but if you abandoned your baby, would you (laughs) let gays raise it? Like, like, speaking of podcasts, I I do listen to a podcast that gives like outlandish – would you rather's to each other? Mm-hmm. Like that's just their thing when they run out of things to talk about. They just pull the most absurd things out of their head. That's what I feel is happening here right now that Leanne is yeah. making a joke of like, okay, say you're 16 and you've lied to your mother about your pregnancy and you left the baby on a doorstep and then you find out that gay men found it. What would you do? <laughs> like it's just absurd. And yeah. all I can think of is like, Kelly, you got to protect this baby from this woman. She's 16. She's so stupid. Well, and it's like, 
I can't believe that's real. Like, she's legitimately, like, asking this question. Like, well, okay, there is no what if. That is literally what you did. Yeah, like, let's let's write this down, take some time, come back. You're going to read what you said mm-hmm. and see if mm-hmm. that doesn't sound just cuckoo. And that, like, yeah. Pam should walk in and just be like, I heard everything. You can't have the baby. <laughs> you right? are not prepared. Yep. Ugh. And, yeah, we get, like, I just, okay, I just don't care about Steve and Jill and Woody and David, so. I know. I'm going to choose to skip real fast through these and stop me if you want to talk about it because, okay, like, Steve basically fills Janet in that Jill wanted to have sex with Ted, but he didn't do it. He didn't tell her the truth, but he did not have sex with Jill, and Janet's just like, thank you for that. <laughs> he and Brandon fight about the ads again and that the paper's going to close and Steve kind of reminds Brandon like you'll get a new job but I won't which not true none of you are going to get jobs <laughs> uh he Brandon leaves Steve leaves he runs into Jill finally tells her that he's not Ted and that he's been reading her letters and predictably she's furious yep and then <laughs> Actually, in my notes, I was like, speaking of jobs, because David is just sitting at home doing nothing while Mm -hmm. Woody plays music next door. And so David sits down at his keyboard. He starts playing with the window open. They're like jamming across the yard from each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But all I could think about in this is like, okay, so David doesn't have a job. Like, really? They can only work for themselves. It's the only option they have. Yep. But what's really important to me in this, like, cluster of scenes is when Noah is on the phone with the buyers from Maya Lee, I think it was called. Yeah. And basically tells them, he's like, you're going to sign off on her samples, you're going to order them right away, and then I'm going to cover the costs of anything you don't sell, which is exactly what Rahelio did for Jane for her first book, and it <gasps> broke her heart when she found out. You're right. Oh my God, is Noah like Rogelio in terms of the money situation? That was so many times in that show they get on Rogelio for doing too big of things, for like constantly trying to take care of everyone with his money. And this is what Noah is doing. Yeah. And not telling it, like not being honest about it. Like that's the thing is like Donna literally asked for honesty and like communication as precedent in, in that first scene. And like I actually think if. Noah had talked to Donna about this she wouldn't agree with it necessarily but they could have probably found a different solution mm-hmm. you know what I mean like she she definitely wouldn't have wanted him to do this but they prob- but it would have probably sparked some other ideas of like okay well if this doesn't work like maybe we do the consignment situation like maybe we do it you know maybe just like brings up another idea for another solution to this yeah, there would be something of like, I'm flattered that you feel like you want to take care of me, but I'm not that yeah. fragile. Like, we're going to be fine. I'm fine. Right. Exactly. But that's not what happens. Like, he tells them very specifically, never mention this to Donna. So open and honest right out the window, which is, you know, mm-hmm. Donna's favorite thing in this world. It's when mm-hmm. men lie mm-hmm. to her. The next thing we see is Casa Walsh, where David is really excited. Because he was playing keyboard again and 
Val is basically just like, okay, that's great, but I have to finish getting my mom ready for this date that she's telling me nothing about. And Bill shows up, and I hated Abby looking at Val and being like, I don't believe that Bill did anything wrong. Like, that's technically true, but it's fucked up that you're going to just keep doing this to your daughter, is siding with the men that you're interested in. If that didn't exist, I would go back in time and give the writers as much money as possible to make (laughs) Kelly and Val stepsisters and just give me that. Like, (laughs) I would die because that's what they tried to do with Kelly and David in high school. So if we had like really gotten it here, this would have been perfect. This is like – well, yeah. Like anything to get them in more scenes together, working together, working against each other, whatever it is, I need it mm-hmm. all the time. And yeah, if if for if for nothing else, this might unite them. Not not like to be cool with each other forever, but it might unite them into working together for a common yeah. goal. It's uh it's the parent trap where they have to break up their dad and their future evil Meredith. stepmother. Yeah. Meredith who's Blake. not who's not evil at all who I need justice for <laughs> not Meredith. even evil at all <laughs> but like that's basically what's happening here is they are going to hate each other and then team up for the common cause god I love it it would be the only way that would make this worth it is if I get a standalone like buddy we're working on this one thing together like not to make another Fast and the Furious reference like last week maybe that's my new thing but Hobbs and Shaw we're gonna Hobbs and Shaw this Mm, yes I'm into it we don't like each other but we have to work together keep your friends close keep your enemies closer exactly and I almost continued with like actual Fast and the Furious quotes and I really had to like follow (laughs) that one down that's awesome anyway we finally get back to the actual baby in the Kelly story because Kelly's really upset that Leanne wants her baby back or Kyle is really upset. Gosh, I will tell you every time I tried to write Kyle in my notes, I wrote Kelly, but with one oh, L. No. I just couldn't do it. They're too close together. It's true. It's essentially, they're essentially anagrams of each other were like minus an L. Yeah. But so Kyle is really upset that Leanne wants the baby back because yeah. she's a bigot and she's going to raise the baby to be a bigot. And like, this is unfair to him, which is true. Yes. And, you know, Kelly is there. She's like, look, I finally get it. What's happening is wrong here. And it's basically just setting up Kyle and Jean are saying like, look, we can claim discrimination that she's only doing this to hurt us and not for the benefit of the baby. But by then – uh, I think it's Brandon who's like, oh, well, you'll have had him for like a year or two at that point. That will be so much harder for you. And then Kyle or Jean, I think it might have been Jean, points out, but it'll also be hard for him because he'll have yeah. had us. Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, oh, my God, they're such good parents. Like, Right? Just go give the 16-year-old your car keys. She'll forget she has a baby. Oh, my God. Seriously. She's a teenager. I would have forgotten. but they just like do the same thing that that we're all gonna do or like they ask Kelly they're like 
do you actually think that Leanne would be a better parent than we would? Like the same argument that keeps coming up is like, do we really want to give a 16 year old the baby? Mm-hmm. Let alone this specific 16 year old who has horrible opinions on the real world. Right. And Kelly does realize it. This is like, Right before this awards luncheon, she's helping Brandon get ready. And I think this starts with them being like, Brandon's so nervous about the Beverly beat, but then it immediately turns to Kelly being like, I realized what I did was wrong and that I tried to make mm-hmm. it all about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she like admits like, she finally admits she wouldn't have been a better mother to Raphael than as a parent than Jean and Kyle would, but... And she also admits that she was selfish and just wanted the baby for herself. Like, she was never really thinking about the baby or what he needed. He was just, She was just thinking, like, oh, I want a baby, so I'm the best. Mm-hmm. And then it's, like, a complete 180 because right before they walk out, Bill and Abby show up and they're holding hands. And Kelly is literally just like, why are you holding hands? Yeah. <laughs> What's happening here? That. <laughs> Why are you guys holding hands? <laughs> I just loved Val coming down and they're like, oh yeah, Val introduced us. And Val just goes guilty as charged. Yes. Oh, God. I hope so next good. week is like just 90% Kelly and Val. That's that's the thing. Like we've had so much heavy stuff and they're not going to give me what I want. So like mm-hmm. give me what I need. Just yeah, give exactly. me – this, like, stupid Kelly and Val are teaming up for one job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally wrote in my notes. I was like, the limit does not exist of what I will do <laughs> to get this episode. It's all I want. Right? Um, yeah, there's there's another little scene where Maya Lee does exactly what uh, Noah told them to do. And the buyer buys all the dresses and then mm-hmm. leaves. So Donna's really excited. And I was just like, too bad it's all fake, Donna. Yeah, exactly. It's, like, hard to get excited when you know it's all going to come crumbling down, like, next episode. Yeah. Filled with dread. My stomach hurt. Just mm-hmm. knowing that she's just going to get hurt again. Mm-hmm. But Kelly goes over to Leanne's house, and she's like, oh, I wanted to check on Raphael. And Leanne is like, his name is Eric. <laughs> However, she's barely taking care of this baby like she comes outside and then at the end of the scene her mom comes out with the baby and is like you need to take more responsibility for him yeah yeah but i don't know it's this whole thing where kelly's trying to convince leanne that she should let kyle and Jean raise her baby because that's what kelly would do in the situation <laughs> And well, and she does say, like, the one good line where she's like, parenting isn't about biology or sexuality. It's about love, which, again, mm-hmm. another pander to, like, hey, like, we need to make sure we drive this home, which good mm-hmm. for them. I'd rather them belabor the point than, like, have it be ambiguous whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, it was like – it felt like another PSA-type situation like we sometimes get, but I'm okay with so it. Many. <laughs> it's so funny how many times they, like – yeah, have to stick in these little, like, but we do have moral values. Like, as a mm-hmm. people on this show, we have moral values. It's very mm-hmm. fun to me. We go to the awards lunch where the winner for the Investigative Journalism Award, not Brandon. Thank God. 
which probably <laughs> because he has really not been doing a lot of investigative journalism. They say that yeah. that what he wins for is the articles about um, Dylan's sister mm-hmm. and that whole thing, like living on the street, I think is what it was called. Like whatever it was, it was that one that like spun up all of that stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah, we Brandon needs to focus more time on his investigative journalism versus whatever he's been doing. All I want is like Brandon going out and seeking the hard-hitting cases while Kelly and Val do shenanigans and <laughs> Stephen, David, and Donna just take a week off. Yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I'm good with that. <laughs> Cause like Brandon doesn't win. And they're all just, you know, sitting and talking, but there's a final award. There's one last special achievement award because, of course, there has to be a special achievement award at the very end. Right. And Steve is giving it, which immediately tells you Brandon won it. They reached out to his managing editor or whatever Steve's title is to give it to him. Yeah. And Brandon's – so Steve's speech is about how he's angry that Brandon doesn't realize how good he is. And then Brandon's speech is about how Steve runs a good rag, I think is what he calls it, mm-hmm. and that he hopes he keeps going. And that's supposed to be the, like, we've solved the problem. It literally made zero sense to me. Not only the award in general, why they were receiving it, and then the speeches. Like, I'm I'm telling you, like, Steve has figured out how to manipulate Brandon into doing exactly yeah. what Steve wants for this paper, and it's weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. But – so that's basically solved. I'm pretty sure they just, like, run the cigarette ads, and then we don't hear yeah. about that story ever again. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, We do get a scene where Woody comes over to David's house – and he thanks him for playing with him the other day. It's the first song he's finished in years. And is basically just like, I play music to play music. Like, I'm not trying to do anything famous. Mm-hmm. And he gives David this tape, who David puts it in a tape deck. And then he and Val dance to it because Val is really upset about Bill and Abby. And David's just like, no, just slow dance with me. Which, like, was kind of cute in the moment. But once again, John walked into the room and he heard the music and he goes, what's the market? Elevators? <laughs> he was just like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. So that's all I have to say about that scene is that. Yeah. I got nothing. Um, yeah. Woody made some elevator music. I like that Val gets to have a boyfriend that when she's upset just wants to slow dance with her and hold her. That's very cute to me. Yeah, like, I've weirdly been okay with this relationship. Like, it's grown on me a little bit. It's so weird. And the thing is, I'm going to forget that we said this in two episodes and be like, yeah. I hate them. Oh, for sure. For sure. I'm going to find some reason to think that David is the worst person in the world and be mm-hmm. over him. But right mm-hmm. now, he's very cute. He's very adorable. Yep. Uh, not adorable is Steve not leaving Jill alone when she's like, no, I'm literally in love with someone else and you can fit it. You can vic- Oh my God, you committed a felony in order to insert yourself into my relationship and then you catfished me. Yeah, right. Yeah, they didn't have the language for catfish then and that's exactly what it was. 
But Steve says he's going to find Ted for her to make her happy. And I honestly, only thing I want from that is to find Ted. And I really want Brandon to do it. I want investigative <laughs> journalist Brandon to have to figure out where Ted is. Yeah, because like Steve said he's going to find him. But what he really meant is I don't have the means or any way to do that or any knowledge or any intelligence on how to actually do that. So I'm going to enlist my investigative journalist friend Brandon, who I can now manipulate. <laughs> I swear that's going to be what happens is he's going to be like, I don't know how to do this, Brandon. Help me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It'll be like when I need to get things off of high shelves. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And finally, Kyle and Jean show up at Casa Walsh because they got Raphael back. And for some reason, the first thing they wanted to do was go to the woman who caused the problem in the first place and thank her. <laughs> Again. <laughs> like we started tell the episode me. with a thank you and we're gonna end it that way <laughs> like tell me i'm wrong that if kelly had just given up and not gotten involved this wouldn't have been a problem because leanne would not have figured out that Raphael was eric mm -hmm. and like there's just this whole thing where kyle and gene are like staring lovingly at each other and the baby and when they leave, Brandon goes, you did a good thing. And Kelly says, yeah, I did. And Brandon <laughs> goes, no, you did an incredibly good thing. And I died. Like, thank <laughs> God that was the end of the episode. They literally just said, crap, we need to fill 15 more seconds of this episode for airtime what do we say <laughs> not that, that. <laughs> not that like every time that Brandon and Kelly tell each other they've done a good thing I swear it's when they've done something very stupid and it just had to work out yeah they had to like fix what they so colossally broke and then call it a good thing <laughs> an incredibly good thing <laughs> just no Kelly you really didn't mm -hmm. you undid a very very bad thing <laughs> yeah exactly good not bad I, those aren't the same <laughs> no they're not the same and I gotta be I'm like I gotta be honest I don't know what was happening in this episode this episode uh, yeah. was wild it just kind of felt filler it felt like so much. Like, mm -hmm. we're not going to see this Woody person again, and David's just going to go back to playing music, which has happened before. Yeah. Like, I, the Kelly thing, I don't care about because we gained nothing out of that. Same with Brandon and Steve. I feel terrible for Jill. Like, what is this? <laughs> it's so weird. It's a it's a jumble. It's a It's a whole jumble with no continuity and nothing to carry over into next episode with the exception of probably uh bill and abby yeah so do you have anything else to add do you have a quote of the week um yes i do have a quote of the week and we've already said it Ooh, okay 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 um Okay, well, if we've already said it, then it's not the quote I got from Nat where he said, I'm an autumn guy. <laughs> no. 
I don't know. I've got nothing. Like the quotes they have at the top are Kelly going, but I found him, but I saved his <laughs> life. <laughs> and then uh, David talking to Val's mom when they pick her up from the airport where he says, give me that. And she just says, okay. And hands him a bag. <laughs> Literally the okay. only quote I wrote down this episode was Val talking to Bill and saying, what the hell are you doing here? And he says, well, it's nice to see you too, Valerie. Because <laughs> it's just the most Valerie greeting in the yeah. world, and I love it. True. Um, no, my quote is the Gene and Kyle mic drop moment in the beginning mm. where he says... We've had to answer questions like these, like yours, for years. Now that we have Raphael, we don't have to anymore. Boom. I loved them. I just want the gays to win. That's all I want. I just want people who are not the gang to win. Like, yeah. yeah. The fact that Kyle and Jean got to win here and Kelly technically lost, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Yeah, like exactly. This is just such a bad look for Kelly. The fact that, like... It came off as homophobic. What was really just selfish is the most bonkers thing. They get ever- she's not homophobic. She's just self-absorbed. A bad person. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> I'm a bad person, but not for the reason you thought. Exactly. It's like, I suck. Just not for one reason, for a different one. Yeah, I'm not homophobic. I hate everyone who isn't me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kelly for sure stole my moment of the week this week. Um, and it was when it's like that very first scene when she's like, I found him. I saved his life. And then they come in and they're like, you did so much for this baby. And she's like, I didn't really do anything like in the same two breaths. Like, what the <laughs> hell, Kelly? <laughs> she was having a moment this week and I don't know what it was. Maybe the moon was too close to the earth and the tides were messing with her brain. I don't know. Yeah. It was she was just a pinball. Exactly. It was so weird. God. And you know what? What's next week's episode, Caitlin? Okay, guys. This is going to throw you because it has thrown me and I have no idea what we're about to get. It is season eight, episode 25. Aunt B's pickles. <laughs> Is that the advertiser that's gonna save the Beverly Beat? Oh my god. I hope so. Yes. Aunt B come through. <laughs> like, here are the two things that I would allow to happen here. Is that Aunt B's pickles somehow like what is it like season five of Chuck where they like basically get sponsored by Subway for the entire season? It's gonna be like that, but with pickles. <laughs> or uh Val and Kelly pull off shenanigans where they pretend to have a pickle company called Aunt Bee's Pickles in order to split their parents up. I'm begging. Yeah. Please like, go back in time and make this happen. Thank you. I don't even yeah. know how you'd pull it off, but I want it. It doesn't matter. It's all a front anyway. <laughs> One of them dresses as a delivery boy and one of them dresses as an old lady and the delivery boy is like her grandson who helps her sell pickles. Oh, I need it. It'd be so good. I just, I like in it all seriousness though, I have no idea what an episode about pickles could be about. Right. And who's Aunt B? 
I guess we'll find out next week. And <laughs> until then, you can follow us on technically Twitter, but definitely Instagram at back to podcast. You can also send us over an email if you'd like with anything you'd want to say at back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast apps and rate, review, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and give y'all a better product. And if you leave us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm going to go get six donuts instead of three because fuck Steve. (laughs) I just need to know, why are you guys holding hands? And I'm not homophobic. I'm just selfish. Bye. Bye. See ya.